Do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Life, 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 life with football. What's up and welcome back. Life with Football, episode 18, January 2nd. Well, we're recording it Sunday, January 2nd. Happy New Year. Tim, what's up, man? Happy New Year, bro. What's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2022, baby. Let's Amazing do it. Say that number. It really is ridiculous, man. Really is ridiculous. We got a lot to cover um, in the areas that we love to cover. And we are going to start, get right into it. Screw it. Have some ideas about, you know, um, New Year's and what we're looking for, but we'll get to that at the end. Boilermakers. All right, the business at hand is our guys, the Purdue Boilermakers, man. Old Faithful, the Golden Black had a huge game. What was it? The, is it Thursday? Uh, yeah, Thursday. Last Thursday, Music City Bowl victory over Tennessee. They won it in one overtime, 48-45. I don't think I – I was sitting on the couch, but I don't think my heart start, stopped pounding for like 25 straight minutes, man. It was intense, man. It was back and forth. It was so nerve-wracking in the beginning, right? You see them go down easy, and we're saying like, damn it, we're, they're just going to out-athlete us off the field. You know what I mean? And that didn't happen, and what a game. What a game. What an atmosphere. That really, for me, and not just because I'm a Purdue fan, it saved the bowl season for me, bro. I, I haven't watched a ton of football in this bowl season. Yeah. that It was wild, man. Wild. 70, First of all. 70,000 in the stadium. 70,000. Um, the, the, what was the largest attendance in a, in a Music City Bowl? I mean, a ton of, ton of numbers we'll get into, man. But yeah. just the overall feel to it. Uh, it was just good to see. I'll, I'll give. I'll go with this right up front. This is probably one of the first times that I've seen a Purdue football team get all the calls as far as officials and controversial stuff going on. Like each yeah. time, I was kind of surprised. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll take that." You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It usually goes the opposite way. And the big one on the goal line at the end of uh, or the first overtime for that yeah, forward I progress call. I, I, you know, it could go either way. Obviously, it, it looks like a touchdown, but when you watch the replay, the, the ref is, has his hands waving up, blowing the whistle as the ball. I mean, the play's dead no matter what. Yeah, it might have been an early call by the ref, but it's the way the cookie crumbles there, boy. <laughs> Simple as that. We'll take that victory. Um, let's get into the stats here. All right, Aiden O'Connell, let's remind ourselves, former walk-on, shows shows up from a Division three school in Illinois. All of a sudden, he's putting his name, like stamping his name in the history books of Purdue football. All right, 26 for 47, 534 yards, five TDs, three interceptions. Let me read this little excerpt from Purdue Sports, all right? Purdue yeah. quarterback Aiden O'Connell threw for a program bowl record. Program bowl record. Now, we're talking uh, Drew Brees, Kyle Lorton, yeah. Curtis Painter, uh, whoever, Bob freaking yeah. Greasy. Yeah. A bowl record 534 yards and five touchdowns. The performance was O'Connell's sixth 300-yard passing game of the season and his Damn. fifth consecutive game with at least three passing touchdowns. The Long Grove, Illinois native became just the second Boilermaker in history <laughs> to have multiple 500-yard games joining – 
What was your guess? Drew Brees. Joining Drew Brees. Completing 26 of 47 through the air, the 50-year senior set a new school record for completion percentage in a single season at 71.6%. So the most accurate quarterback in the Big Ten sets a school record, a school record of the cradle of QBs, okay? Yeah. Uh, single season, you know, completion percentage. That's absolutely ridiculous, man. It really is, dude. And we were talking I, about I, the preseason, like I mean, first couple games, right? We they were unsure who the quarterback was. Yeah, plumber for a majority. But you saw every time O'Connell came in the game, the offense moved. It didn't matter who, even in the loss against Minnesota, bro. I like to take some credit for that, man. I've said it. I said there's yeah. something about him that I like. He's consistent. And it's just like he takes care of the football. Obviously, he struggled a little bit with three interceptions, but they threw it all over the place, and it was just a wild, wild game. Yeah, those three picks were definitely decision-making, right? Right. A couple of two of them were. But his – I love the way he throws the ball where the route's supposed to be. You know what I mean? And he's accurate with it every time. Like that ball he threw to – the both Garrett Miller and Anthrop, those Mm -hmm. diving catches they both made, those balls were thrown perfectly. There's just a, a lot of plays being made, a lot of balls being put in the right spot. Speaking of playmakers, so we're going into the game, out our top two guys, all consensus, All-American David Bell, wide receiver, and studly freaking defensive, uh, defensive end, uh, George Karloftis. So obviously the opt-out and all that stuff, they did not play. So who steps up? So we got, um, who else? Milton Wright out academically, right? Yep. So that's top two wideouts out. Um, Offensive tackle out. Tackles banged up. A uh, couple def- Mackey. Yeah, a couple defensive guys. Mackey at the corner. So there were guys playing different positions, and it's really obviously the conversation had to be who's going to step up. And this is just a key point in sports, athletics, whatever. That if you're not the starter, if you're not the number one guy all season, whatever it might be. Yeah. There's always the opportunity, man. It's the it's not what you do when you're not playing, but when you get that opportunity, it might be a 30 second window, it might be a five minute window, it might be a game. You have to take advantage of that opportunity. And guess who did and man. stepped up is Brock Thompson, wide receiver, uh, senior. Uh, I think he's back one more year. I think he's coming back. Indianapolis native, Ben Davis High School, seven receptions, 217 yards. Two TDs, both of them, I think, over 70 yards, okay? I think one was 65. 65, yeah, 70 yards, two bombs, yeah. okay? Um, transferred to Purdue this past offseason for family. His younger brother, Cade, was uh, battling cancer um, in, in good good shape, doing, doing his thing here in Indy. But um, what a cool story, man, and what a culmination to his first season. And I'm glad we have him. He transferred from Marshall. I think he went by way of Fork Union, so prep school after high school. I was looking at that. I I remember the whole prep school ride. So this guy's had a ride, man. He went to Fork Union Union in Virginia, Marshall in West Virginia, made his way back to Indianapolis, and he's the freaking MVP of the Music City Bowl for the Purdue Boilermakers. So happy for him. And he was was playing hurt the entire game, man. that kid's got he. That, that's all hard there for him yesterday on Thursday, man. There's no hard. doubt. What a good, good for him. Good for him. Good for him. On the defensive side, obviously, with the lack of um, Karloftis, 
I really feel – I don't know if you have anybody else that stepped up on defense, but oh, yeah. for me, DeMarcus Mitchell, number 15, senior, didn't have exactly, you know, all the numbers. He had one sack, two tackles for losses. Um, but I just saw him in the picture affecting plays, kind of like Karloftis, yeah. you know, on the pass rush and all that stuff. You just saw him around the ball, saw him at the point of attack, and yeah. I think that was refreshing to see for number 15 to get in this, get himself in the picture. Anybody else come to mind for you? Well, just want a couple – two things that pop up, right? So Tennessee gets off to that blazing start. We're like, all right, our defense is F. It really didn't. It's you know what I'm saying. It stopped them for, um, you know, it, it kind of it. They saved the game at one point. You know what I mean? Because right. they was getting stops all of a sudden. Offense kept scoring every time. Pretty much they had the ball, so that helped a lot. But uh, 99, the kid Sullivan, I believe his name is. He made some plays. Um, Jalen Graham, he's always a disruptor. You know what I mean? No and, doubt. Uh, and just overall. The lack of depth at, in the secondary, those kids stepped up and they made plays. They played tough. They fought till the end as well. So just total team defense was impressive to see that, you know, being down a bunch of guys too as well. So, And Congrats I think it's to that, man. Absolutely. Congrats to and the, the coaching staff too, man. Those kids yeah, played no question. from beginning to end. No questions asked. They took their lumps all season. And, you know, they, they, they did it. Nine wins. <laughs> Let's go. Nine wins for the Boilermakers. First time since 2003. Capital One Bowl appearance. Um, and we were, we were we were talking about on the phone that you could see, like, as the season developed, you can see Brahms' personality and culture that he's building in the, on the in the program like show itself on the field, like the grit, yeah. the let's play football mentality. Like Brock Thompson's an example, man. The guy couldn't yeah. freaking get up. Every time he called a pass, he was getting up slowly from the field, but he was like, I just want to play football, man. And you could tell that in a lot of the players, you could tell that in the grit coaching staff players. So it was just a yeah. good feel and good to see. And the two kids, I think the two guys that really bring that the most, are the two tight ends, bro, Garrett yeah. Miller and Payne Dorham. Those guys play. They're like the nasty boys from the Mighty Ducks, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. what I feel like. They were on point yeah, on, in, the, in the bowl game. Those kids are tough. Yeah. I uh, Just the toughness level is really cool to see. And um, I think, you know, Brom found a zone with – you have some familiar familiarity with a quarterback. I think he's yeah. in really, really, really good shape, and that's why I'm excited for another year for O'Connell. Yeah. Um, we got and you know, a, and a learning year for the Mister Indiana, Mister Football of Indiana, Mister Brady Allen. Brom could really get going. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. He did getting like you said, you're getting who they want in recruiting, and you probably know that picture better than I do right now. But we got to get back into that. But uh, yeah, it's an exciting, exciting stuff. Um, Big Ten football is a challenge as usual, but um, the momentum is moving in the yeah. Boilermakers' direction. The train is moving forward, baby. We're going to compete every Saturday, my friend, so bring it on. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's check back in next year for freaking 0-2, and we're just <laughs> contemplating ourselves, reevaluating nah, life. Next year's the year, bro. We'll be in Indy for that uh, in Indianapolis on the 7 second. Bro. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Speaking of Indianapolis, perfect transition. College football. 
Perfect transition. Speaking of Indianapolis, the national championship is coming up on January 10th, and it is here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, the college football playoff, we watched these two games. It was kind of uneventful, but um, we have the where national championship is set, and it's the two teams that we probably expected in week one, two, three, four, five, all of that. <laughs> yeah. Alabama, Crimson Tide versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Saban's in there for another one. Um, Alabama beat Cincinnati 27-6, to which I think had a little bit more of my interest as I watched that and because I lost interest in the Georgia game against Michigan. Georgia beats Michigan 34-11. to um, Just freakish, man. Freakish. I'm, I'm very interested to see this matchup. Uh, here's a little excerpt from, I think it was ESPN or Sports Illustrated. Sorry for the reference, but... Really quick, this was the this is the sixth time that Alabama, this was the sixth time that Bama opened the college football playoff as the number one team. How many years has the playoff been happening? Uh, eight. They've been six out of eight. Six out of eight. Their number one team in the playoffs and face number four squad. The Tide are now five and one in those games, with the only loss coming to the eventual national champ Ohio State in the inaugural 2014 college football playoff. The next four wins came by double digits. Over Michigan State, Washington, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Just blasting people. On yeah. Friday, Cincinnati became the fifth member of that college football blue-blooded but red-faced club. So Alabama's dominating, and uh, they're going for it. I had one other note. I can't find it, but I think Alabama has uh, beaten Georgia the last nine times. Damn, they can't get – I think this is going to be the one, bro. Come you on, really think so? Georgia. Dude, I mean, you can't. It's like you can't say anything against Alabama because no. I wouldn't be surprised if they win by three touchdowns. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, Georgia is equal, bro. They they just gotta play the game. They gotta play at a high level. And let's not forget. I mean, they were in the SEC championship, and got smoked. Yeah, exactly. So and Alabama was flawless. Yeah, they're flawless. But it, you know, in any sport, it's hard to beat a team twice. And handedly, so did they? Uh, did they win too early? We shall see. Those teams are so loaded, man. It's unbelievable. It's it's interesting. So uh, with that, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't completely in and committed to the bowl season. I don't think, and I don't know if it was because a lot of these people were opting out. Like I was excited yeah. about the Pitt Michigan State game. I was going to watch that the other night. Yeah. Turns it on. I realized that QB is not playing, and I'm like, yeah. and you just lose a little interest, you know. But uh, they got to figure something out, man. Yeah, and it's no—I'm not blaming anything uh, as yeah. far as the players because that's a—that's a complete option. And I think that's a smart option because the pit. I think there was somebody—I forget who it was. Somebody big time uh, draft prospect got hurt and yeah, won the bowl. quarterback yeah, last the, night. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. Dang man. Caught it off the field. That's ankle, no good. not knee. Right. Um, and I was watching the, that pit game. Um, the second QB was starting, and he actually went down, and they got down to the third quarterback. So there's plenty of reasons why you wouldn't, that you would opt out. I think it's on NCAA, it's on the schools, however you can get in the mix to incentivize or figure that out and how people play. And one of those reasons to me, or one of those options to me, might be expanding the college football playoff. So now we're talking about eight teams, you know, there's a little bit more investment to get to that national championship. Um, yeah. 
I think that's something I'd like to see. I can't leave the players' mentality that it's just more games. But yeah. at the same time, now that there's NIL and there's interest, you know, the more you're in front of people, the more valuable you are from a marketing perspective. So I think Agreed. it might be a win-win. Yeah, I, I think so too, man. I would love to see. And for the football, like I would think, all right, so let's say there's eight teams, right? The one and two teams will get buys, but one plays eight. Right. Um, how, how would one and two get buys? Doesn't everybody have to yeah. play? Yeah, but then you can play like the the three. You know what I mean? Those, but you're right. I you think one because then I think it's more opportunity for those big SEC teams to trip up in a game if they yeah. have to play more than one. Right. One through eight. You know what I'm saying? Win those games, get to the championship. I agree with you, man. I think, and it would make more people, you know, stay and right want to play in the game. Just more entrenched, I think, into yeah. it. So. I think uh, it's. I don't. I think it's inevitable. I think um, just like everything else, if you know, you got to figure out how to get it done. Yeah. Look at the look at. Imagine the Rose Bowl, like the way it looks, like that. That should, that should be a playoff game. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was insane. I thought really Utah had close. that man. Yeah. The Buckeyes come battling back. They are they're relentless, man. Second Stroud's only a freshman too. Insane, insane. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be a interesting uh, week. You know, with all the hype, all that stuff, we got um, national championship coming up next Monday. This is always a fun week as a coach because all the coaches are going to be at that national convention. I think most likely start. I think it starts Wednesday of this week, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is, but uh, I just know it's probably up to like eight thousand coaches landing into one city. Colleges, college coaches, high school coaches. And just talking ball, man, which is really cool. Yeah. And just networking, all that stuff. But How uh, much golf's going on there, bro? Golf? Yeah. That's a good question. I never got involved with it. I, it's so weird, man. It's like a, it just like recruiting, just like college football. It's a bunch of, it's a meat market in itself. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Because, yeah. And I've told you about that. Like a lot of the guys, you know, you walk around the room, you walk around the hallways and hotels. Yes, a lot of the guys are there to see their buddies and all of that. But yeah. these are the established coaches that, like, get there and be like, you know, want to have a good time, want to enjoy the guys they used to work yeah. with, whatever, meet up. But then there's, you know, younger guys or people early in their career or guys that are out of a job that are there to get a job and to get yeah. the promotion. So literally you could find them. They're walking around the lobby and looking not at your face, but on your sure. your freaking your polo and what school you're at, so you always yeah. felt the the bigger school, the cooler you felt, man. It was kind of it was so weird. You just measured yeah. up people instantly. Um, yeah. But a good experience. It was fun. I always tried to take uh, the value from that and get into those chalkboard chalk talk sessions and learn from some of the best coaches. It was some valuable tidbits and information. Yeah. And key speakers. It was really cool. That's um, cool, man. Gotta get back there. That'd be cool. NFL. So we're moving into week 17 today, and this is kind of weird because usually we go through the power rankings, and this isn't going to be published until after the games on Sunday today. Um, so talk a little bit about that. The timing's a little off, but for week 17, there's a lot of fantasy football championships this week. Let's get a fantasy update, man. Where are you at? I'm done and out. KO'd, bro. I'm 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 fighting for the number one pick today in all leagues, which is cool. You got some incentive. I got nothing right now. 
So in our league, there's a consolation bracket. The bottom six players can still go through the playoffs, and the winner of that bracket, um, it, you're playing for first pick. So the bottom six are battling. Bottom six are battling for the first, the early draft picks, which will be interesting. Um, That's why I set your lineups, guys. Come on, man, play the thing out to the end. Set I know those lineups. Some guys that just cancel out that consolation, they don't look. They're playing against nobody. Which you're looking at them right here. That's one thing I've done the last two weeks. I haven't uh, looked at it. I haven't opened uh, the app, and I'm the commissioner. So anyway, uh, good luck to everyone out there with the, their fantasy football championships this week. Get those points, baby. It's always a dice roll. We're going to take a look at the NFL power rankings and going from five to the top. Number five is uh, the Rams are sitting at number five after a win over Minnesota, 30-23 to last week. The Rams have won four games in a row. Took over first place in the NFC West, and they're at Baltimore this week. Anything you got on the Rams? Tough game. Offensively, they're gonna, you know, they're they're they're, they're peaking, right? Right. They got weapons. I, I like them. They're hot. They deserve. They've been hanging around that five spot pretty much all year, man. We've been saying, uh, you know, the the playoffs are are a, a game of momentum. I guess it's always like yeah. who's the hottest coming into the league, coming into the. The postseason, so the Rams are definitely getting it together, winning four in a row, and they're looking pretty scary at this point. Number four down in Tampa, we got the Bucks. Um, win over Carolina, thirty-two to six. Consistent faces there. They're at the Jets this week, today. Um, yep. Still playing for that number one seed. <clears throat> still playing for the number one seed. They got the weapons. We've always known that. Now they have lost some several key people over the last couple of weeks. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Fournette, uh, Levante, David, all in the same game. So yeah, I know that, that pe- hurts. People are I battling. Think that gives Green Bay a little bit of uh, an edge going in. No question. Um, two people. I always say it. Never underestimate Nick Saban at Alabama and Tommy Brady wherever he is. Yeah, they'll be back. Number Brady. three, still battling at the top. Arrivals, the Dallas Cowboys. Also peaking, bro, and looking very good, and I hate it. It makes my hair fall out, but <laughs> they really look good, and they're going to be a problem, man. They got to get through that playoff curse. I was talking to a couple buddies last night that are Cowboy fans. You know, they just want to win that first playoff game, and then, you know, that's where they struggle. So, Jeez, get the ball rolling, guys. Yeah. Um, so they they smoked Washington last week, fifty six to fourteen. The issue is they're home against Arizona this week. What time do they play today? Tomorrow? When? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I got to look. But um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know they're still loaded on offense, obviously, and very scary on defense. So they're pulling it all together, like you just said. Um, yeah. Shouldn't be afraid of anybody in the playoffs. No, um, why not? Defensively, especially. Yeah. Number two, coming in in Green Bay, we got the Packers win over Cleveland last week, which is a close one. Um, This week they got Minnesota. And, I mean, it's pretty simple. The Packers have the best NFL record at this point and have won five in a row. Aaron Rodgers is loaded up and ready to go for the playoffs, man. So we'll see how they close it off. And those guys, he's he's the X factor, man. Like, that's why you can never say no Packers, no no you know no Bucks. They'll all be back because of those two guys, man. Yep. All you need is that one legend. 
Um, and number one, the familiar face is back at it. Kansas City Chiefs yeah. uh, win over Pittsburgh heavy last week. They're at Cincinnati. Um, that's going to be interesting, man. Joey Burrow yeah. versus Patty Mahomes. The Bengals are hot. They were right outside yep. of the top five, I think, this week on the ESPN. But um, Chiefs are on an eight-game winning streak. They've been the best team yeah. in the league for the last four years, basically. And uh, their defense is actually turning around during this stretch. So it's going to show that they're ready. Throwback legend. All right, we got a new little section that we're going to add in in 2022. And I threw this, I threw a curveball at you, so I got one. But uh, if you have anybody for this week, all good, throw it at it. But what I did was take a look at what we're going to do with Throwback Legends is just give our respect to the legends that came before in the game and the the guys we grew up watching, the guys that have contributed to the game of football, and uh, just just good talking nostalgia, man. And the first, yeah. first guy I'm bringing up is QB quarterback legendary Brett Favre. Wow. Look at some of these stats, man. Well, let's not go into the stats yet. Brett Favre is the definition of a gunslinger, right? I think when, when we go through these stats, you'll see yeah. the most, most I think it was most completion. Some of these are when he retired, but also the most interceptions ever thrown in the history of the NFL, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Guy has played for 20 seasons, 302 games, 11 Pro Bowls, three-time MVP, Um and at the time of his retirement in 2010, most passes attempted, most passes completed, most passing yards, most seasons with 3,000 or more passing yards at 18 seasons, most touchdown passes, um, most games with four or more touchdown passes. The guy is all over the place and just ended up, he retired on top. Obviously, he's been passed a couple times in some different spots. Um but I think one of the coolest stats is with all of that, he has the most pass or had the most passes intercepted in a career at 336. <laughs> so that's the definition of gunslinger. Yeah. You're you're living or you're dying with that QB, man. And uh that's what I was gonna say. That defines him, bro. Yeah. Defines him. Ones, though, he's you know, he's definitely throwing some heartbreaking interceptions out for yeah. their fan base and they their had, organization. They had some tough ones, but it was really cool to watch Green Bay. Uh, during those years with, with Reggie White, I know Reggie White was a you were a fan yeah. of Reggie, but uh, in the snow, the playoffs, the cold yeah. weather, Lambo, I mean the frozen tundra, you can't beat it, man. Brett Favre, yeah. legendary, owed to him, and uh, respect I mean, to one felt, of the goats. That was part of our football foundation as kids at that time, like young teenagers growing up. You know what I mean? Like we all wish we could have played like Brett Favre, but you know. He was a freak, man. I loved him. Tough as nails. Tough as nails. Brett Favre, yeah. tough as nails. End of, end of story. Yeah. Boom. Exciting. Exciting play. Made the game exciting. Especially when he threw um, the first pass he threw in overtime against two thousand and uh, against the Giants in 2007. And Webster picked it off and we won, went to go to the Super Bowl. Bing, bang. <laughs> Final five. All right, last section, usually, and I only have one, is our final five. Final five, I'm going with one quick question um, to wrap this up big, and it's, uh, you know, makes sense. 2022, new year, do you have anything lined up for a, for a goal or a resolution? What do you got, man? 
Uh, you know, it's it's this is such a hard thing, right? Uh, resolutions, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. I just have, a, I just want to change the my, my world, bro. I want to change. I want to change. Something needs to change. So, my first thing is be more. If you think like you always say, if you have an idea, do something or want to do something, do it. Yep. Don't procrastinate. So that's my first and thing. Whatever I say, I'm gonna do. It could be anything. It could be taking the trash out on time. Whatever it may be. No procrastination. Pick it up and do it. That's how you set a positive vibe. And hopefully the positive vibe lasts and things change, bro. Get the momentum going. I like it. That is literally yeah. what that's that was mine. I'm basically saying so. Twenty two is is the word execute and basically do what I say I'm gonna do. And that's for yeah. me. And it's all like I've been about ideas. I've been about it's cool to think strategically. It's cool to think lay out a plan. But when it comes time to execute that freaking plan, for some reason, I just like fizzle out yeah. a whole lot. And I think uh, the difference, you know, the difference in successful people, companies, organizations, whatever, are those that consistently execute every day in and out. The small tasks, uh, the minimal tasks, but um, you know, stick to it, stay consistent, and uh, and have a good freaking year. I'm pumped about 2022, man. Let's too, get it. Man. Me too, man. The goal. I'm stating it on the podcast now. The goal is 60 episodes. All right, so that 60 episodes. Yeah, we got 52 weeks in a year, which means a couple weeks we got to double up, which I think is going to be the plan. You know, if we don't get to 60, we get to 47. I think it's still a solid number. But at the same time, we're going to go for that 60. It's not about followers. It's not about listeners. Because that all comes as we perfect our craft and, and just keep working, sharpening the sword. And just being consistent. Going through the reps, man. Got to get the reps. Got to get the reps. Get your reps in in 2022. Hopefully, um, we have some have a group of listeners that kind of stick with us. We appreciate it um, for showing love in 21, and uh, we're excited about the year to come, and we wish everyone the best and a happy new year. Let's get to business in 22, boys and girls. Happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs>